When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Will T, Ray Jeezy, and myself, Wole, part of Empire Media. What's going on, fellas? Um, better late than never, I guess. I know, right? Hanging out there for a little bit. Technical difficulties, bro. Yeah, no, technical difficulties. My apologies. Is it Apple? Is Apple the problem, or is it Verizon? Bro, I need to know, man. I need no, no, real talk. I need to get a new phone. This thing outdated, man. Just. I can't operate multiple apps on this joint sometimes. I'm trying to repost certain things, and all of a sudden... What model are you, what, what, what model are you, are you using? That's a good question. Uh, I think I'm at this... I think I want to say 7, <laughs> uh, 7S or something. I don't think 7S, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, you need to... Yeah, definitely. Need to yeah, man. It just don't... For this particular application that I use to uh, repost stuff or um, try to schedule... Uh, it just start. It starts to freeze up. It don't ma- It don't mesh well with this. Uh, with our line, it doesn't mesh very well with it. Put it that way. It's all good. You here now, brother? Let's do this. I know, right? You know what I'm saying? Hey, Amp Papyrus Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Kime Report, hosted by ESPN Washington Football Team Insider John Kime. And Jones Football, hosted by USA Today insider Mike Jones. You can subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Team. This show can also be found on Podcast DC, the new local app with hundreds of options in local news and health in the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to get all the Empire shows as well as other Great content. Of course, don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Team. And also, you can tweet me directly at Urban Sports <laughs> and hit us up on our Urban Sports Team Facebook page. And lastly, join our Urban Sports Team Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Team, sports bloggers, sports podcasting, and sports debate. Will T. Let's get into our tradition of pregame. <laughs> Here's what we have on tap. We'll talk about the Washington football team's first preseason game against the New England Patriots. Seawall Sports and Entertainment's Candy Waller will be on to discuss this with us at 825. We'll talk about the Washington Wizards acquiring guard Spencer Dinwiddie. At 840, we'll talk about the winners and losers of the NBA offseason. Finally, we'll talk about the NBA Summer League but first, right now we have Seawall Sports and Entertainment's Candy Waller on the line. What's going on, Candy? Hey, 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 everybody. Good evening. I'm here. I'm glad you are here. I'm sorry. We I'm sorry I had you waiting, Candy. I apologize for that. Um, Candy. Oh, it is all good. All right. <laughs> hey, Candy. Uh, you were at the fan friendly pr- uh, practice last Friday at FedEx Field. How was it? And uh, who showed out? 
So, yes, last Friday at the Friday Night Football event at FedEx Field, let me just tell y'all, it was a real vibe. Mm -hmm. It was super chill. Like, you could just feel the energy. And one of the things that I really enjoyed, of course, the fans, while there weren't, you know, many there, of course, because of still there's, there's restrictions, there was enough there to feel the excitement and just the overall just energy around this team. And the players seemed to be just as happy to see the fans as the fans were to see them, like, for real. It, it was dope. I really enjoyed it. Um, in terms of who showed out, let me just go ahead and tell y'all, Terry McLaurin <laughs> looks like he's playing at, like, week 10, week 11 levels. Mm -hmm. Like, this is Terry here. This is Terry here. I really, really feel strongly about that. Um, another name that you all may have been hearing coming out of camp, um, uh, Diami Brown, mm -hmm. um, a, another uh, one of the uh, draftees from this year, um, looking really good, mm -hmm. really solid. Um, so I enjoyed checking him out. Um, of course, you have your defensive line. This defensive line is, is starting exactly where they left off last year. Um, still, I think, could be one of the top in the league for certain. So I'm excited to see what else they're going to do um, this year um, working together. Um, and, and, you know, I'm still a little like, uh, who else would be like the tight end number two after Logan Thomas? But Logan Thomas still looks, you know, to be starting where he left off last season as well. All right, Candy, this is Will. Um, why should fans be excited about a week one preseason game? And what should they expect? Great question. Great question, Will. I, I really think that fans should be getting excited because Ron Rivera and his coaching staff really are looking at um, the, the little things. Which one of these players, I mean, th these guys are bringing the energy this year. It's almost like every roster spot is up for grabs. So we know that there's players like, let's take Steven Sims Jr., um, for example, or even Cam Sims, you know, from the wide receiver position, who they're fighting for a roster spot right now. Um, other names that, that we're just now hearing, like a DeAndre Carter, um, from a kick return, punt return perspective. Remember, that was Sam, uh, Steven Sims' job last year. Looking like he may not have that role anymore um, if he has to compete with Danny Johnson or DeAndre Carter for those roles. So I think fans should really be excited because Ron Rivera is absolutely using this as an opportunity to um, evaluate the talent and see how these guys react in um, live game action. So I, I think it's going to be one that everyone should be paying attention to. Oh, Candy, I can hear the excitement in your voice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, I know, I, I'm so, ready. I've been waiting for Thursday. <laughs> I know that's right. So a lot of talk about Jamin Davis, of course, the rookie defensive uh, linebacker, and then you got Matt mm -hmm. Ioannidis returning. I oh, see yeah. that on social media as a trend. Like the fans are excited about what this defense is going to look like. But in particular, which player are you looking to show off this coming Thursday? You know, I definitely you, – you said one, um, Jamin Davis for certain, 
But I have my eye on, you all might be shocked to hear this, but I have my eye on <laughs> Sam Cosby, the offensive tackle, the rookie. Everyone okay. has so many questions around the offensive line. And I've just been so impressed by what's coming out of uh, camp regarding how Cosme is holding his own against Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Now, if he can hold his own against Montez Sweat and Chase Young, we might have something special right here in this kid. So my eyes are going to absolutely be on Sam Cosme. I'm also going to be, again, checking out the wide receiver. That, that position group, I am now super intrigued by what comes out of, out of this position competition for certain. So I, I'll have my eyes on, on that group as well. All right, I'm going to stop with station identification. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene, part of Empire Radio. That's Empire Media. Excuse me, part of Empire Media, EmpireMedia.com. We are chatting with Candy Waller from Seawall Sports and Entertainment. Candy, I have one question for you. Mm-hmm. All right, there was a lot of criticism for Scott Turner last year as the offensive <laughs> coordinator. We know mm-hmm. that offensive coordinators, their game plan is typically very bland going into the season. What should should fans have a high expectation, or what should fans look for from Scott Turner as an offensive coordinator um, going as he progresses into year two? No, that's a great question. Um, I think that we should be looking for Scott Turner to play to the quarterback strength. Now, I know there's some folks that are a little anxious about Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? Um, it's like, yeah. Ron Fitzpatrick doesn't mind throwing the football downfield, but he also might give you six interceptions a game. <laughs> so I think, but, but what I do think is just the, the camaraderie and what's being built, because you do have a quarterback in both Ron Fitzpatrick and Taylor Heineke that are not afraid to get the ball down the field, I think we'll see more deep throws. I do. We have some wide receivers that are fast, who can go up, jump up, and go get it. So I think that fans should absolutely be expecting to see that. I also think that Scott Turner is going to use that run game. Um, Last year, we weren't real sure who we had at running back. We weren't sure how Antonio Gibson's year was going to go. Um, Remember a lot of fans last year, um, you know, toward the end of training camp were just floored um, that Adrian Peterson was let go. Um, So I think you're going to see – I think we have some players who can fill – those gaps of just being able to do the little things right, kind of like what I mentioned earlier, and that's what uh, Coach Ron Rivera said in his press conference today, that if you do the little things right, it could go a long way. So I think we'll see some of those. While that may not sound like huge changes, it will make a big difference on game day. Y- y'all done or something? Since we have, I mean, I mean, I'm about to say what? What? What's happening? No, I'm sorry. I need, I need to jump in. I need to jump in here because I know we're talking about the first preseason game, and we don't expect to see the the first units long. But can you give us something? I guess specific that we can expect. You know, a couple drives from the offense and defense. What do you think? Um, I'm thinking they'll probably play at least a solid, a solid quarter for certain. I mean, Ron Rivera might have them out there at least the whole first half. Um, also be looking for a lot of moving around. Like, for example, today with the tight ends, you saw um, 
John Bates, Ricky Seals Jones, and Sammy Reyes, all of them were getting time with the first team offense. It's been a lot of just kind of, I call it musical chairs, if you will, of just putting players in different, you know, at, at different times with different um, reps with the first team going with the second team and doing all of that. You see a lot of just moving around. That, honestly, we probably shouldn't read too much into it. Right, probably mm. shouldn't read too much into it if you start seeing that, other than knowing that Ron Rivera and his coaching staff are giving all these guys a fair shake and a, and a, and a fair look to see how they perform in live game action. I, I definitely think that while the game plan will be limited, mm-hmm. I do think, <laughs> you know, guys who are, you know, not getting these plays right on point, mm-hmm. they're not running their correct routes, that if, we, if we're seeing any drops, that's probably not good. <laughs> you're seeing any missed tackles, mm-hmm. it's probably not good for them because those are some of the little things that they have to do right in order to be effective. So, okay, Kansas, who would you say needs a good showing? I know it's the first preseason game, but who needs this the, the most? I, look, I'm going back to the wide receivers. I think Steven Sims Jr. absolutely has to have a good showing. Um, Cam Sims. Um, as well, we know, again, Steve, um, Steven Sims Jr. did not have the year that everyone thought he was going to have 2020. He, he had a solid uh, 2019 season in 2020, not so much. So he is definitely a player that is fighting for a roster spot. Cam Sims is also a player that we typically will see. Cam, um, he'll get cut, right? And then they'll bring him back to the waiver wire mm-hmm. on the practice squad, and then he'll find himself back on the active roster due to injuries and everything. Along with those two names, I'm also going to mention Kelvin Harmon. Kelvin Harmon got injured last year, if you all recall, in uh, what, minicamp or just before minicamp. So a lot of big, big um, things expected for him last year that didn't happen because of his injury. So he has an opportunity this year. Now, see, last Friday, he was out of practice Um, because he was dealing with some leg issues, but he's since been practicing. But that that wide receiver position group, it's deep, but they definitely um, want to still prove their worth. There's also some some talk, too, about where John Bostic, from a linebacker perspective, where he sits. He's having a really impressive camp, and I think we should keep our eyes on that linebacker position as well on Thursday. So what about uh, AGG? Uh, how how is he how is he looking? You know, AGG. That's right. That's another one. Again, going back to how deep this wide receiver position group is. You know, again, that was a player you all know last year. A lot of big things expected, but that's not you know how it materialized due to his lingering injuries. So he's going to be another one that has to show up and has a strong first preseason game and second preseason game, but. I think I think Ron Rivera and his staff are, are going to be looking at this with very keen and focused, laser focused eyes. And none of the none of the players should feel like, oh, I just got this in the bag, especially those that we named. I, I have high hopes for AGD. I really do. But I want to say going back to Diami Brown, a lot of talk about this kid, even from the perspective of saying, you know, this kid has the potential to be you know, the wide receiver, too. And that's like, whoa, really? Wow. Right? So we'll see. 
All right, Candy, before we get you out of here, I got one question for you. I know a lot of people are excited about this being preseason, week one, NFL football is coming back, but I'm excited for another reason. It's D.C. Restaurant Week. Candy, which restaurants are you checking out this wow. week? Wow. D.C. Restaurant Week. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man, this dude crazy, yo. <laughs> Hold on. If that's the case, first of all, I appreciate you telling me. <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go. Y'all think that's what you're doing that's what you're doing will you you hitting that you doing uh dc restaurant restaurant week that's the listen <laughs> it's, this is a rite of passage for me because i'm gonna be honest with you i'm not gonna lie to you who grew up here, this area. <laughs> Everyone knows about D.C. Restaurant Facts. restaurant Week, man. It's something you should experience. Yeah. I haven't done it in years, man. Definitely. That was, a, that was a great question. I wasn't expecting it, but I'm like, oh, wait. It's Restaurant Week, or you just told me something? Absolutely. Look, Will, Will is here to educate and help out. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's Will, man. All in a nutshell, man. You know what I'm saying? He looks out, though, man. He really does. Hey, hey, Katie, before we let you go, how can folks catch you uh, catch your own show and how can they hit you up on um, social media? Absolutely. So you all can catch my weekly show, uh, Coaching from the Couch, on the Seawall Sports and Entertainment Facebook page every Thursday at 7.30 p.m. This Thursday, because of the preseason game, we're actually going to do the show at 7. So if you need some pregame football talk, and just catch up on DC Sports. Join us on the Seawall Sports and Entertainment Facebook page Thursday at 7. Also, during the training camp um, time, we're doing training camp updates. So every two or three days, we do another training camp update to just share everything that's coming out of training camp, what we're hearing, what we're seeing. So that's always dope. And, you know, to, to check in, always have some of our media colleagues join the show as well. So that's always good to give a live look. Um, into what's going on with the Washington football team. I can also be found on um, Twitter at Seawall SE and on Instagram at Seawall Sports. Candy, thanks for thanks for being on. You know, we appreciate you. We're gonna probably have you on. You know, during the season. Absolutely, you all know I would love to do it. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. No problem. Thanks appreciate again. You, appreciate you. All right. You already know. All right. Bye. Bye. Again, that was Candy Waller from Seawall Sports and Entertainment. Follow her, follow her on Twitter at Seawall S-E. Again, that's at Seawall S-E. Yeah, Candy's dope. Another, another show you can catch Candy on is the Triple W Pod. They cover Facts. Washington Wizards. And that's what we're talking about next, baby. We got <laughs> Spencer Dinwiddie. We're going to talk about that signing after the break. Listen to the Urban Sports thing for ages, your dig deuces. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Yeah, yeah, hold up. KD2. Hey, hold up. Come on. Whoa. Right back at this. Right back. Right back. Hold up. Whoa. High on life, drunk off dark liquor, getting eerie, like I threw on Thriller. I'm a hard hitter, Rolex clocks and killers holding the order. I'm praying God delivers. I had runners with Shug, would have been Shug. At the height of the beef, they started death from East. Damn, I even saw they tease on some of my G's. Notorious label, the story was made in the streets. Now it's real life movies. Rest in peace, it will. Talk about it. We the smartest, not the loudest. Came about the project houses where they resort to violence. Hennessy bottles on the curb, little trying to serve. Let's talk about it. Back with jungle toe pockets. You're listening to the OT, Wole and Ray Jeezy. We are part of Ampire Media, and you can check us out at ampiremedia.com. All right, fellas, the Wizards acquired guard Spencer Dinwiddie on a three-year deal for $62 million as part of a five-team trade between the Wizards, Nets, Spurs, Pacers, and Lakers. Question for you. Is Dinwiddie a good fit in the backcourt beside Bradley Bill? Woohoo, man. I tell you, this is the question that on social media has been circulating because some of Spencer Dinwiddie's first comments was in reference to the guards that he's coming after. Of course, Gilbert Arenas, <laughs> who I think would have had his jersey retired had it not been for the gun incident. Y'all can debate that later. Of course, John Wall, and most recently, Russell Westbrook. Out of those three guys, Spencer Dinwiddie is somewhere around three or four. Some may debate that, you know, right now, currently with Wall and the injuries, Spencer Dinwiddie might be a better option. But if we're being real, Spencer Dinwiddie is probably, he's probably fourth on that list. So I'm thinking that he'll be a perfect compliment because he's not a score-first guy. And I also feel as though he's more of a team player than the three guys I just mentioned. Russell Westbrook got guys involved, definitely. But Russ also took a lot of ill-advised shots. Spencer Dinwiddie plays within a team concept. I'm interested to see how the new coach coming in West Unsell Jr. uses him because we know that Brad is the primary offensive option. But with all these shooters now around you, I'm talking about Kispert, uh, Kyle Kuzma, KCP, Dude, and Bertans, if he can find a shot again, he could average a double-double easily. 10 and 10 should be nothing for Spencer Dinwiddie, but he's also coming off injury. Um, well, hey, you want to talk? Yeah, I'm a t- yeah I think he's – I mean, I, I, I agree with Ray with, with a lot of things he, he said in terms of um, him playing – playing within the team concept. I do think that Dinwiddie's that type of dude. My only question would be, is Dinwiddie really, I look at him as a two-guard playing the one, um, but never really looked at him as a real one. Um, I thought that by necessity with Brooklyn, um, he played the one, but I never really looked at him as a real one, like a guy who really orchestrates anything. Um, he would, you know, he's a scorer to me. I think he can score, but I'm with Ray. He's, He's a scorer within the, confer- within the confines of not forcing the shot. Like he can get his buckets Within the team, within the team concept, or within the team plan. So I agree with Ray with that. My only question would be: Is he really like that floor general, you know, playing the point guard position? 
I guess for me, the the one question that I have um, isn't necessarily regard to play. It's it's health, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, he played one game, I believe, last year for the Brooklyn Nets, and then he was injured. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, from a health perspective, you know, has he fully rehabbed from his injuries and also um, from a stylistic and a fit perspective, like how him and Bradley Bill are going to play play um, in the same backcourt because one thing that we've seen over the past couple of years is that Bradley Bill has become very um, has become a very a very good uh, playmaker mm-hmm. for himself and others off the dribble. So you know, will Spencer Dinwiddie be able to play off the ball um, with Bradley I, Bill? You know, mm-hmm. he didn't get a chance to play that whole you know I think that whole game last year with. Kyrie Irving, so how will he play off the ball with a, a ball dominant guard like Bradley Bill? I do think he can play off ball. I mean, off ball. Um, I think he can. He, he to me again, he's a guy. Initially, he's a scorer. You know, and he can shoot. You know, he can spot up and shoot. Um, I think he can play off ball. Um, I'm just not sure with the Wizards. I guess in the grand scheme of things, it is a good fit because nowadays Bradley Bill is a, is a ball dominant guard, right? So we could say now he's a ball dominant guard. So yeah. I, I guess it would be a decent fit because, again, Spencer Dimwitty, to Ray's point, doesn't really have an ego. There's no real ego. And he came into this league kind of hungry. No one really thought he was going to survive in the league. Um, and then he came in here, worked on his game, hardworking dude. And he got to a point where, you know, he's a guy who can score 17 to 20 points a game. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, now I think about it, he probably could be. He probably would be a good fit with Bradley Bill. Here's what we're missing, guys. What is he going to bring to the table defensively? What I'm excited about is I know Neto is still on the team, and I wasn't happy about that. <laughs> but Ish, we had Ish, or the Wizards, excuse me, had Ish and Neto playing a lot of minutes last season, and they just were undersized on the defensive end. Nothing against those guys, but they got bullied often. Mm-hmm. I think Spencer Dinwiddie, that's going to be one of the biggest attributes he brings to the team is his size, man, because on the defensive end, him and Bradley Bill make a pretty solid backcourt. And, dude, what was the Wizards – like Achilles Hill last year, it was defense. Mm-hmm. So if he can help defensively, well, yeah. help improve this team along with Trez and KCP, then right away you know that he is an upgrade mm-hmm. because defensively as a unit, they struggled so bad last season. And again, I think it was in large part due to the fact that they were undersized at the guard position, you know, outside of Russ. On, on Facebook, Solomon Tacky uh, posted uh, about this particular topic, about is, is Dinwiddie a, a good fit with Bradley Bill? Uh, he said that to be determined, he's coming off an ACL injury. I think one of you all are, already mentioned that, right? It, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mentioned it. Yeah, so I mean, I think that's. I mean, I, I mean, to me nowadays in the NBA, um, coming back from AC, especially if you're not like you know jumping out the gym, coming back from an ACL injury isn't the worst thing in the world. Um, and Achilles, I think, is a little bit different. So I, I still think he can. I still play play basketball at a high level. It's just pretty much get knocking off the rust and getting used, getting acclimated and playing it in an NBA game. Um, but to me, the, the thing about for the Wizards and Dimwitty and Bradley Bill as a backcourt is, is 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 the coach. It's just it's to see how what you know what's going to be you know what's going to be the game plan, what's going to be the strategy. You know, are they going to run a lot of ISO, a lot of high, I mean high, I mean high screen and roll, or um, high screen from the top of the key and going ISO that that way, or will there be a lot of ball movement? So it just depends on how they're going to play it. But I do think you know, depending on. You know, if you're going to like run more ISO plays and whatnot, I think Dinwiddie can definitely play well in that type of offense. Because, again, when you saw the backcourt of um, in the, with the Nets, when he was playing with uh, Levert, 
both of those dudes, you know, were basically ball dominant individuals going ISO anyway, and it worked out for them. So it is, I mean, depending on what they want to do, it can work out. It can, it, you know, uh, one thing that I think the variable that we, none of us really know is yeah. like what style of play. Exactly. Um, West Unsell Jr. West, West Unsell, excuse me, West Unsell Jr. is looking to implement for this team coming into this year. Right, there's been a, a you know a pretty much an overhaul of the roster. You have a new um, head coach, you know, new coaching staff coming in. You know, what will he look to emphasize? You know, on the defensive and the offensive end from this team, it'll be interesting to see how this team that gels together. You know, um, when the season starts. So if everything goes right, say you know Dinwiddie plays at a decent at a at a, at a, at a high level, a Dinwiddie level, level, what's the what's the ceiling for this team? I think around a fifth seed. Fifth seed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where would you yeah. think? Okay. I struggle with this, right? Um, <laughs> because no, I mean, for the simple fact that there are a lot of, you know, there are a lot of new players on this team who haven't played together, mm-hmm. right? You you don't know how you know KCP and um, Kuzma if they're still on the roster, you know at the beginning of the season, how those guys would play with Bradley Bill and Spencer Dinwiddie. We don't know how um, Gafford, you know, him come, you know, Gafford taking, I guess, a more, um, more of a, being a starter this year, you know, mm-hmm. how that, will that affect his play? You know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of variables, but if, if I had to put a number on it, I think highest is probably 7C. Just realistically mm-hmm. looking at, you know, looking at the East, you have, Atlanta, um, Milwaukee, mm-hmm. Philadelphia, New York. I think Charlotte's going to be a, a very improved team. Yeah, and Brooklyn. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So you know that 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 was that six teams right there who I think are, are just better based off of their roster coming into the season than the Wizards are. Pacers have a good roster too, but it, I don't know if they're going to they can yeah. bring it all together. I, uh-huh. did, I mean, I didn't even, yeah, I didn't even mention the Pacers. Yeah. The Pacers they have a good roster too. Um, yeah, the Bulls look better as well on paper. Oh, everything yeah, it's on paper. It's all about how you coach it up, though, because right. we don't. Again, it goes back to what Will was talking about about the coaching. We don't. That's the re- variable that we don't know. Like don't know. Yeah, he sure. say he comes in here and he coaches he coaches it up. We're the the issue when we look at the Wizards and we're comparing it to a team that was coached by Scott Brooks. We don't really know um per se you know how talented this team really is or isn't to be honest with you you know because i think we all can agree that scott brooks didn't do the best job here in dc so we can you know the the, the unknown right now is what Wes unsell jr does and does he uplift the talent to play at a level that where we can say that hey maybe they are comparable to the charlotte hornets maybe they are comparable to uh, some of the teams that will mention hmm well, I like I like the Wizards' current roster better than I like Charlotte's. However, mm-hmm. uh, Lamelo Ball is expected to take another step this this season. Yeah, and if he can do that, then I think he can emerge to be a bigger star and maybe even a better uh, all around player than Bradley Beal is. Of course, Brad is leading scorer in the NBA mm-hmm. and has you know gotten better every year. But mm-hmm. Lamelo Ball, his ceiling is. I mean, it, it's high, bro. It is. So it is. that right that right right there says to me that. Charlotte definitely has to be on your radar. No disagreements here. I just feel as though 
you know, you factor in injuries. When you factor in, you you brought in a defensive mind. I feel as though this Wizards team should, if you said everything goes well, yeah. I think they can finish around that top five. Now, Will T saying seventh, I don't have no problem with that. But both of us are saying that they can be a playoff team. That's the most important thing to me, whereas in the past it was questions whether this team could even finish in the top ten, you know. Now, Will says he named a position. You think Gaffer starts over Bryant? Is that a, is that a given? I think so. I mean, Bryant coming off of the injury, I think, and, and this is just, look, and I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. they still haven't gone into um, training camp in preseason, but if you look at kind of like where Gaffer left off last year and, kind of, and you know, how he played with, you know, Bradley Bill and, you know, some the success that, he, that they had during spurts on the floor together, I think, in my opinion, Mm-hmm. He would have the first. He would have the um, the first opportunity at that starting center position. I agree, bro. I'm with you. He, it's an unknown right. too. I'm with you, bro. <laughs> Speak, <laughs> speaking of unknown, when we get back from the break, we will discuss who are the winners and losers losers of the NBA offseason. Listen, go around for ages. You dig? Doses on Ampire Media. <laughs> on Ampire Media. All my time I spent focused on my freedom now. Why would I join them when I know that I can beat them now? They put their words on me and they can eat them now. That's probably why they keep on telling me I'm needed now. They tried to box me out while taking what they want from me. I spent too many years living too uncomfortably. Making room for people who didn't like the labor but wanted the spoils. Greedy, selfish behavior. Now let me give it to you balanced and with clarity. I don't need to turn myself into a parody. I don't, I don't do the you do for popularity. They clearly didn't understand when I said I get out apparently. My awareness like Keanu in the Matrix. I'm saving souls and y'all complaining about my lateness. Now it's illegal for someone to walk in greatness. They want the same, they want the same, but they don't take risks. Now the world will get to see its own reflection. And the anointed can pursue their own direction. And if you're wrong and you're too proud to hear correction, walk into the hole you dug yourself a projection. See me in my freedom taking all my land back. They said a lot against me thinking I just stand back. I got my legs beneath me. I got my hands back. A lot of people sabotaged. They couldn't stand that. I turned the other cheek. I took blow after blow. There's so much crisis in the world because you reap what you sow. When you keep what you know is meant for someone else. The ditch you dig for them, you might just end up in yourself. I'm in the secret place. I keep a sacred space. They keep showing their hands, but keep hiding their face. If I'm a messenger, you block me, then you block the message. So aggressive, the world you made is what you're left with. Pride and ego over love and truth is fuck, fuck reckless. Y'all got a death wish. The stupid leaves me breathless. Some place to be. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Wole, Will T, and Ray Jeezy, part of Ampire Media. That's AmpireMedia.com. Right, there were several NBA signings and moves last week. Who are your off-season winners in the NBA off-season? Okay, I'm, I'm going to get us started. Um, I think the winners, this may sound weird with me mm-hmm. saying it because mm-hmm. I had such strong criticism um, for the hometown team in the past. But I think the Wizards are definitely 
one of the um, NBA all-season winners mm-hmm. for the simple fact that you were able to get rid of, uh, not get rid of, but you were able to trade Russell Westbrook's contract. Mm. Um, you know, the sub- we were having this conversation last summer, you know, the trade for um, the swap for John Wall and Russell Westbrook. Um, although I didn't necessarily, I didn't think that was a great trade at mm. the time. Um, I think, you know, uh, Washington definitely got just based off of, you know, because of John Wall's injury, Washington got the better end of that deal. And then to be able to flip that Russell Westbrook's contract and essentially, um, re, you know, re change your roster that quickly in a matter of like 10 days. Um, I think the Wizards just from the aspect of being able to trade Russell Westbrook, they had a good off season. Um, and another team that I think had a uh, – that won, you know, even though a lot of people might not think, I think the Lakers won, right? For the simple fact that um, the if we look at how the season ended for the Lakers, you know, with uh, AD injured, um, LeBron, and, you know, the games that LeBron wasn't able to play during the regular season, uh, one of the things that they were missing was kind of like that third guy who could take over um, on nights when those two guys are injured or are uh, taking a night off. And Russell Westbrook is definitely a guy who uh, the Lakers can look to to show, you know, to carry low for that team for like seven to, to 14 games mm-hmm. if those two guys are injured or need a night off. Now, you know, when we get into the playoffs, how, you know, how you know from a offensive perspective how to you know the ball movement with Russell Westbrook um, being your point guard and you know with the sport with the floor space mm-hmm. that's a different issue but I I do think that the Lakers did uh, win you know with the Russell Westbrook and also being able to bring in a guy like Carmelo Anthony to fill a need at this point in his career you know who's pretty much egoless and and isn't a, a ball stopper as he's been in the pre in the past. Mm-hmm. Ray, who you have? As yeah, you, you you know Wole. I know I agree with that. Go ahead, Wole. My bad. No, uh, for, um, I was gonna let you go, Ray. Yeah, you, who who was your winners? <laughs> no, I was gonna let that outside. You can go well, ahead. Will T took one of my answers. I put that out there last week. Um, just you know, in my stops on on my media train. You know what I'm saying? Catch me. Will T took the Lakers. I'm going to ask this serious question. How in the heck do the Hawks continue to get better? And how are they going to utilize all of this talent that they have? I think it's too many guys. You <sighs> so grab Jalen Johnson from Duke oh and God. you bring in Sharif Cooper. Dude, you, you still got Bruno on the bench. You you have Hunter coming back. Bro, they, they are. They traded. I thought that they traded Hunter. Yeah, no, I thought that they traded oh. Bruno to the Celtics. Oh, did Bruno they? Did they? I thought okay. so. Well, oh yeah, they did trade. You're right. He's right. They Chris Dunn. You're right. They did trade Chris Dunn. They did trade Chris. Oh yeah, yeah. Then I actually did not know that. So being just being real, but still, they got a deep. They got a deep squad. I feel like they did so well in the draft and bringing in two guys that can contribute right away and also play within the team concept. And another team, I think that won at least on paper with the Chicago Bulls, bringing in two unselfish guys and Lonzo Ball and Demar Derozan to give Zach Levine the help that. He seemed to need last season in order to get this team into the top eight because Zach Levine gets better, just like Bradley Bill gets better. Zach Levine arguably is right up there with, with in, in that tier of players with Bradley mm-hmm. Bill. So I'm excited to see what Chicago does. 
with these two new additions. And I'm hoping, I'm just hoping that Lonzo comes to play because when he's playing his, his A game, well, we talked about his off air, man. Yeah. He is an all around beast. Yeah, he is, man. He, he he plays smart basketball. That's what I call it. Um, yeah, the Lakers did well. Um, you know, I like uh, I mean, you name players. You already named some a lot of players that I was going to mention, but I like low key players like um, Nunn uh, uh, from Miami. A guy they, they need a guy who can create. Um, I like I like Monk. I think he's a, he's untapped talent. I think they need to get younger too. You know, some some young guys that they can kind of look at and say, you know what, you're playing with LeBron, you're playing with AD, you're playing with other vets. You can kind of be groomed into playing winning basketball, maybe and 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 maybe be a guy for the future for this for this ball club. I like Miami. I like what Miami did because they brought Miami guys, like guys who played their style of basketball. You know, I may not be a big Kyle Lowry, Lowry fan, but when you talk about Eric Spoelstra and what he represents for that Miami team, it's about hard work and grit. That's Kyle Lowry, right? Um, you're looking at um, they got who else they signed? They signed the um, I'm thinking of another player. Who else, who was they signing in the offseason? Not just Kyle Lowry. I'm thinking of another player. I'm sorry. Oh, it's a defensive player. I can't even think of him right now. Uh, Who? Miami, the, the Heat, the Heat. Other than Kyle Lowry, James somebody Jones. else, huh? Was it James Jones? No, oh, James Jones went to the net. No, it's another. It's they another player that fits. No, they got PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker, thank you, Ray. Sorry, PJ Tucker, another yeah. Miami guy, another guy of a grit. Victor Oladipo. Yeah, um, another another guy and PJ Tucker who grit, grit who helped the who helped the Milwaukee Bucks win the championship. So to me, you know, thinking of just guys that fit the mold when we look at the Miami Heat and what they're about, they just got guys who just fit the way they play basketball. Also, I like what the Golden State Warriors did. You know what I mean? You got Andre Iguodala back. Um, you you you're gonna get Clay back. Uh, in the off season, so you're just and the, what they did in the draft. I just thought, you know, in terms of building their team to a point where we can say, you know what, next season they're in position to to um contend. I think they did a good job. That's a low they, and getting Auto Porter. I thought it was a good fit to what the way they play basketball. Auto Porter is a spot up shooter, spacing. Golden State's all about spacing. That's a player who just does whatever it takes to win a basketball game rather than just trying to, you know. Um, create or whatever. He's a he's a guy who if you give him a role, he'll play his role. I thought they did those type of teams. They got players that fit the identity rather than just the talent or whatever. It's an identity. Those are identity pickups, and I just like I, I love those moves. Yeah, there. Okay, but I, I guess I do. Okay, you're listening to the Urban Sports Scene part of Amp Pyre Media. That's ampapiremedia.com. See, Will, I took care of the dead air. I'll, I'll, I'll ask this question. I'll, I'll ask this question. And so, who are the losers in the who's who are the losers in the uh, in the all season? <laughs> I'll go first. Uh, I, I definitely think my my one of my favorite teams, the New York Knicks, are the losers, and here's why. Yeah, okay. um, although I I, I like the Derrick Rose sign, and I mm. like that you brought back uh, Nerlens Noel, but one of the things that the Knicks have historically been that bad at is um acquiring young talent and kind of cultivating that young talent mm-hmm. the dicks had two first round picks this year and with those two first round picks they went they drafted two guys who had um a lot who some people projected to go in the lottery which is kai jones from texas and keon johnson from tennessee um those are two guys that if you had kept both of those guys on your roster and you could have you know, kind of develop those guys, it would have potentially saved some of that cap space for you going going forward when you're looking to acquire another um, big name player. Because we see, we see, you know, 
if we look at the team like the Lakers, right? The Lakers, they acquired a bunch of young talent, and then they were ultimately able to trade that young talent for Anthony Davis. So I think the Knicks missed out on the opportunity. Hmm. I kind of put this out there already. Good. Like I said, man, I, I've been out there just <laughs> doing my thing this summer. <laughs> all right, all right bro, dude, we know you, you a star. We know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I don't necessarily like what the Celtics have done. And I know mm. somebody was saying that the Celtics got better because of <laughs> the players that they lost, and, and namely Kimber Walker. But again, I put this, I said this: if if Washington last year did not bring Scott Brooks back, which they didn't, but then they they put him in the front office, we'd be scratching our heads covering this team. That's mm. essentially what the Celtics did. I understand Brad Stevens was I guess a, a, a bit more successful than Scott Brooks. Um, which maybe is an understatement, but still, it's a weird. It was a weird move. And then outside of Al Horford, I just can't really think of any moves that they made to make a, a better roster around Jason Tatum. Many believe, including myself, that Jason Tatum is on his way to being just a legit number one star who can lead a franchise to potentially Eastern Conference Championship or NBA Championship in a few more years. He's still very young. Mm. So what are you doing to get more talent around him and Jalen Brown? Right now, I just don't see it. And listen, y'all named teams in the East that y'all thought were good earlier when we were talking about the Wizards, and the Celtics did not come up, and they had two of the best young stars in the league. Mm. That is a problem. If the Celtics technically, in our minds, the three of us, who I respect our basketball knowledge, that's why I do a show with y'all dudes, is because, yo, we think that these teams are actually legit around the Boston Celtics. So what number did the Boston Celtics finish at? Are they nine? Are they ten? They're behind mm. Washington at this point. It's crazy. So I would, I, go ahead, Will. I, I would technically no. I, I mean, just to push back on that point, I technically think that that Celtics team is a little bit better than the Wizards. That's just me. That's just my opinion. Um, I think that they did do a a great. I, I think they did do do a, a great service for the for the future of that team by getting rid of Kimball Walker's contract. Mm. You know, that he, he was a guy who's been injured, but I'm not going to disagree with you and say that they had a, um, a bad off season. I, I agree that, you know, that they made some suspect moves, mm. um, some moves that you kind of like scratch your head. No, I, I so, agree. I, no, I, I agree. I think they, I, they, I don't know, like to raise point, I don't know if they did enough around the young players. Um, Cause you don't want to waste years. I think that's what Ray's talking about. You want to waste the years of, you know, Tatum and Brown together, um, because it's, it's hard to keep young talent like that together anyway. So, um, you should, you, you would like, you would think they would kind of bring more around them to get, to get them over the top. Because like Ray said, they are two of the more dynamic wing players that this league has and they're on the same team. Um, on Twitter, um, um, our, my man Taj Wilson tweeted us about mm-hmm. the winners and losers. He has the Lakers, the Wizards and the Nets are winners. And he said the losers are the Blazers, Sixers and Rockets. I don't think I don't even add the Rockets. The Rockets suck. I don't even know how you can call them a winner or a loser. The Rockets are just a bad team, so I don't know how you, you know, can be I, included. I think the, <laughs> I think the, the I think the I actually think the Rockets had a, a pretty good draft. Draft, okay, yeah, yeah. Their draft was good. Yeah, their draft was good. Yeah. Yeah, they, I think they had a pretty good draft, and I think um, you know it'll be interesting to see the dynamic of that team because it's so young, and they have John Wall, and you had uh, Christian Woods, who you know. Um, who looked like, you know, prior to the injuries last year, he looked like he was going to be a, uh, a future all-star mm. in this league. Mm-hmm. And then you also take in a Kenyon Martin Jr. And 
um, Jalen Green and uh, the Turkish center who they think who they traded for at number sixteen. I think mm. that kid's gonna be really good. I saw some uh, clips of him um, playing in over in in, in Europe. Mm-hmm. No, um, I think they're building something. I think I think they're building something towards the future there in Houston. Yeah, I mean the Houston's building something, but I don't know that. I mean, I I, I mean I don't I, I I'm not. It's for me. I can't. I don't want to put them in losers the losers bracket at times of off season because it's their rebuild team it's not like you're looking at the at the rockets as somebody that you felt like they were going to contend next season you know i don't look at the rockets that way the blazers surprised me because all this dame talk and you would think they were going to do some more i mean it's pretty much the same thing i would think the blazers would do a little bit more but uh you know and everybody talks about the Sixers. i think Sixers are the Sixers are fine they don't have to do so much everybody's kind of up in arms about Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons will be I mean, are, Go ahead. They? Huh? The Sixers? Are they? The Sixers, will, they'll, they'll be in contention. They'll, I mean, will they get past, you know, the uh, Eastern Conference, uh, get to the Eastern Conference Finals or to the Finals? I don't know. They'll be, but they'll contend. They'll be a tough out. Um, depending, I mean, they'll be a high Eastern Conference seed. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, what do what do the Clippers? I mean, the, the the Sixers really need? You know what I mean? Like, what do they really need? Uh, they need a point. They need a a, a second guy. A score. Create a you know a, yeah a score. They need a CJ McCullough. Like a CJ McCullough. Oh, this no, I'm, I'm not saying any, I'm not saying they need CJ McCullough. No, I, I think CJ. I know. I think you definitely, mm-hmm. Like, give me a player in mind. I know. I I'm I'm with you. They need a guy on the wing that can create a shot for himself and others. For others, yeah. Okay, so you need a – which is a hard thing to get. That's what I'm saying. Like, Yeah, it is. That's a hard thing. It, it that's, that's that's the thing. Like, everybody can't get that situation. So, you got to – see, this is the thing with Ben. It's like, and I think I was talking to, Ray, talking to Ray about it. Like, people under – you know, they, they look at Ben Simmons because he's not – you know, because what happened. And he, and he, he totally messed up. So, I'm not going to act like Ben Simmons – didn't mess up last year, but you typically win with players like Ben Simmons because they do everything that you want for winning basketball. The only issue that we all have with Ben Simmons is he just doesn't shoot the ball. This this thing that he doesn't shoot the ball at all. But if you look at a guy who passes to the open dude, sets up the reason why people like Seth Curry and Kushmas or whatever I think it's Kushmas or folks like that eat is because of Ben Simmons. Because Ben Simmons is looking for them. Ben Simmons is getting them shots. You know, Embiid off the double, get some shots, but it's, it's not the same. It's just, it's not the same. Like Ben Simmons sets all these individuals up for easy baskets. That is that that is a trait that is not easy to replace. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I agree. It, you know, if it if it if it was, then you know there, you know, mm-hmm. a lot more teams would be more successful in the NBA. Facts, dog. Facts. All right. So some leagues is is, is going on. Uh, so which rookie so far in some league has impressed? You during the during the summer play, uh, Will T. Let's go with you first, bro. Uh, it's one name and one name only. Thus, well, I'm not gonna say one name only thus far. Um, I'm gonna give a shout out to two other guys, right? Um, that play for Golden State, uh, Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga. They played very well during the summer league. Then um, I've seen you know flashes on the offensive end and the defensive end. But Jalen Green, man, mm-hmm. guy's been prime time watch during the summer league and i'm excited um that after this show when the show you know once the wizards play too. recording the show i get to see i get to see him versus, uh, yeah mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm not a big Cade Cunningham fan, but that's just me. Hey, so, 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 uh, Ray, who, who's uh, impressed you, bro? Come on, Wole, you already know who I'm rolling with, bro. <laughs> oh, oh, Mary, yet seven, baby, G7, like he, he has been hooping. There's been a lot of just good games in general. They have, man. They I have. Mean, Yersevin has been, he's been a standout in spite of the fact that so many guys have played so well. Will T hit on all of his. Yeah. And, I mean, we know Jalen Green's talent, but he exceeds expectations <laughs> because he's been drawing those Kobe comparisons. Yeah. And if he continues to work on that handle and that, that jump shot, that, that fadeaway, dude, he's going, he's going to be a problem. But you're seven – it was it was fun to see him at Georgetown, but he he wasn't a good defender. And right now he's he still not a good defender. <laughs> but the numbers he's putting up in terms of points and rebounds, I think he's going to earn himself a roster spot this season in the NBA. Definitely. You know who I like watching? I was watching the other day. Uh, I think yesterday. Uh, I think we tried to. We was like, can we get him on the show? Luca Garza. I like this game. I like what he he lost a lot of weight though. He lost a lot of weight. Um, He's in Detroit. Yeah, he's in right? Detroit. Yeah. Detroit got a real okay. DC squad, bro. Like, they got a real DMV squad. The they got Emily squad. Bro, it's a big. I mean, I, yeah. Look who, I mean, look who, the, look who the GM is. Weaver, right? Detroit Weaver. Yeah, that is a yeah, big. Bro, that, he got a DC. Know, he got a DMV squad for real. He got, he got even. um. He went to Georgetown. He, they got Pickett from Georgetown. I was like, why'd you get. But he got Pickett from Georgetown. He's from DC. I'm like, you got a real DC squad. Like. Um, but he you're right. Big Bay, Killian. Yeah. Hayes. I mean, yeah. Cool them boy. That that some of these squad looks real good. I think that they can turn that into something good in the next couple of years. Troy Weaver didn't want to come on Urban Sports League, though. So he loves Oh man, but uh, but oh, yeah, man. Was about, you, know, you know what's funny? You what's up? Funny, Ray. I was about to say the same thing about Luca Garza. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. Not and and I was in the DMs trying to get him Will T, bro. I was trying to get him. I was trying to get him on the show, bro. I know. You know what I'm saying? Hey, it is what it is. You know how folks are, man. But uh, thank you all for listening. But make sure you subscribe to our subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeart, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. I mean, I'm at iHeart Radio. Excuse me. Also, tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Day Facebook page. Check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene, which is Amp. Empire Media at AmpPyreMedia.com. And this show can be found on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all the Empire Media shows as well as other great content. Again, we appreciate you all for listening. Make sure you keep tuning in. You've been listening to the urban sports scene for ages. Yeah, dig. Deuces. Hey, Mega, lead us out, big homie.